come on in, have a seat, pour yourself a knuckle. This is a pairing of pure pleasure. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, I hope you took my advice, pulled up a seat, get ready to pour yourself a knuckle. This is going to be a pairing of pure pleasure. No promotion here, just pure pleasure. I chose a, a stick that I think is exceptional, truly exceptional. And there's been an ongoing debate about a particular bourbon, so I thought I might address that debate, debate, excuse me, but I have been advised that it's not really wise to drink alone. People tend to frown <clears throat> on it. <clears throat> And so I, I went outside behind the studio, and there was this guy there. <clears throat> <laughs> I've got Coconut Stickman with me. Yay, yay. And I was not behind the studio. I know. I was in the other office. Did you get your applause in? Oh, thank you, thank you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. My applause. Continue. Mm. That's when I go for a puff. But <laughs> the Leger, Leger, Le Bijou, 1922. No, I have not been tasting the bourbon already. Yeah, you have. <laughs> the Le Bijou, 1922, from my father. Now, I'm sure you've heard of this stick. You hopefully have seen it in your local shop, maybe even have a few in your humidor. When I fall in love with a stick, I need to know why. And I, I often use the hashtag cigars are more than a hobby. They most definitely are. Now, when I smoke a, a cigar that I really don't care for, Obviously, I don't care why. Uh -huh. uh, but when I smoke a cigar, especially a few times, and I just say, wow, this is just fabulous. I need to know why. And so I dug a little bit into the background of the Le Bijou. It's a beautiful little backstory, actually. Uh -huh. It is. It is. And there's this ongoing debate about Woodford Reserve. And I've heard some, a lot of different, what? What are you going to say? No, I'm going to let you finish because I'm telling you from what I heard from lounges about the debate about Woodford Reserve. And, but I, I want you to finish it because it's your podcast. I'm just a guy from the alley. Oh, right, right. Okay. Where's my lighter? I um, stole it. Yeah. That's nothing new. Uh, so, Woodford Reserve, it's funny because over the years I've heard people say, you know, bringing a bottle of Woodford Reserve to a bottle share. I have heard everything from no, no, take that back. That is too nice of a bourbon to bring to a bottle share. And at the same time, I've seen it on lists of top 10 bourbons to not waste your money on. It's a, you know, it's... It's hypocrisy. You know, it's it's funny you say that, Diva, because we went to our first bottle share many years ago, and I remember the guy. I'm going to call him Little Nuts, because out of his name being something <laughs> similar. So, 
And I remember we were at our first bottle share and, and he looked at us and he's like, are you crazy with these scoundrels here? You, you put that, go buy a $20 bottle. Do not bring that here. Save that for you and me when we drink later. He goes, that's too good for you, for these guys. I remember. And I was like, but it's just a bottle of bourbon. I'm like, you know, this is before I was more educated in bourbon and whiskeys and rice. And as you write for the Whiskey Network, you know, you are more educated than I am when it comes to this. And I remember, like, we were driving home that day. It's hard work. It what is. can I say? <laughs> you damn alcoholic. <laughs> but it was funny over the last couple of years, you know, even with the pandemic and everything, there was always a running debate in lounges where it's either something that you should have in your pantry or your, you know, bourbon shelf, a Woodford Reserve, whether it's a single one or the double oak or whatever the case may be. And there are some people that, honest to God, hate it. Like, you bring it up and they look at me like, stick man, how blasphemy. And I'm like, blasphemy? I'm drinking Sprite, you alcoholic. You know, and they just go to town on how either there is no gray in this. Is either they love it or they hate it. Which opens the door mm -hmm. to the debate. Yes. Now, I'll digress for a moment. There is... I believe it's on the shelf also a port cask finish. Yes. We're not going there today. Uh -uh. We're not going to get that crazy. Nope. It's a weekday. We're going, <laughs> we're going to keep it to the original debate of Woodford Reserve versus Woodford Reserve Double Oat. Yes. And the reason why we're doing this, guys, ladies, whatever you are, even a toaster, is... <laughs> Is that this, when we, when Diva and I smoked this last night, we had it with the Woodford Reserve. We actually smoked this and took our notes down and everything. And we had it with both the Double Oak and the Standard, you know. Mm -hmm. And we noticed, even though they're both the same, based on when you are drinking, what version you're drinking is where you start tasting the notes, at least for me. Now, I'm not the alcoholic in this podcast, okay? The diva is. Just to clarify, I actually don't drink very much at all. I do a hell of a lot of tasting. Alcoholic. <laughs> That's the first thing they say in AA. But I digress. Okay. But where diva tasted a distinct difference mm -hmm. in both, even from the first third of the cigar to the second third, even as the cigar transitioned from its flavor profiles, the profiles with the Woodford Reserve, for me at least, stayed the same. And that's not a bad thing. I don't... It's like kind of eating dinner where your dinner is morphing on you. Where with me, if I'm drinking the Woodford Reserve, and I'm speaking from my personal experience, mm -hmm. I want it to stay consistent as my cigar is transforming to its different part of the flavors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Diva, what do you think? I do definitely taste a difference, a huge difference between the regular Woodford Reserve and the Double Oak. I will not say that the Woodford Reserve is the worst bourbon I've ever had, not by any means. I think it's a good bourbon. Uh -huh. Do I like the, the Double Oak better? I'm going to be honest, yes, I do. You know, it's funny that you say that because as the Double Oak... When I smelt the nose of it, right, you know, we, mm -hmm. you know, we went to a sommelier. We, you know, she showed us how to properly, you know, do all the things with bourbon, scotch, whiskey, and everything. It was really interesting. I smelled the the nose of it, and I smelt a little bit of the woody oak, 
butterscotch, vanilla, and just a little bit of brown sugar. Okay. The palate for me was right on the nose where I taste a little bit of vanilla, a lot of caramel and brown sugar when I had tasted it on my back of my palate. Right. And just a little bit of that old leather. And you know how I know what it's old leather is when I used to get my ass whipped by my mom and dad <laughs> by that old belt. I knew right then and there what old leather tastes like. So it kind of brought me back to where I was in the corner shaking. Did they go up so far that you could actually taste it on the other end? It went so far that the cow came back from the dead and said, may I have my hide back? That's how bad it was. Not, but not the drink, but just that whooping. But any case... Where the finish for me was a little bit of a mezzo a mezzo. I'm not a big butterscotch person. I think, are you talking about the double oak? The double oak, oak, yes. Yes, okay, you said the 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 regular. No, the double oak. Okay, the double oak, you're talking double oak, go on. Yeah. So, you know, for me, that's what it was. And, And I liked it. Because as the Leger Blue was transitioning from the first door to the second, third, I got to experience the Leger Blue. But for the drink, for me at least, it stayed the same, which I wanted. Now, as we're doing this tasting and pairing, I want you to talk about your experience for the first third of the cigar with the, the double oak. No, the standard you had. Again, I do like the standard. Now, I, w- I want to point out something very interesting. These are the same bourbons. Yes. The only difference, one is aged for nine months longer. Mm-hmm. That brings out, in my personal opinion, so much more flavor, but more specifically, the flavors I prefer. Now, was this, when you tried it, the, the nine age, was that the double oak? The double oak nine month gets nine months longer of aging than the standard. Yes, and that's what I thought too, because the standard just tastes the standard. When I tasted the double oak, it was a little bit, a little bit harsher for me. It is. It's deeper. It's a little more bold, definitely. But in spite of the fact that it is a little bit more bold, it has the core notes that appeal to me more and that I think go better with the Le Bejou. So when we were smoking this last night, you know, we got a chance to watch Obi-Wan for those that watched the series. It was phenomenal. Epic. Epic. And so two drunk people at three in the morning, you know, watching a Star Wars television show, drinking and smoking. So it was an interesting experience. But Diva, as you know, for the listeners out there, I want you to explain what flavor notes did you get from the Leger Blues first third that complemented when you drank the standard versus the difference between the standard and the double oak. There are two main notes that jump out at me once I'm, you know, I never really count the first couple of puffs. You know, it has to sort of get a good light going, just settle in. Mm-hmm. And once I really got into the first third, for me, the Le Bijou is about cocoa. It's sort of a combination where there's maybe some chocolate covered raisin. 
some some espresso bean, but not the bitter, more of the sweet espresso, the type where you almost don't need to add any sugar. Well, a lot of people don't add sugar anyway, uh-huh. but the naturally sweet espresso. And that those are flavors that I absolutely love. And I feel that they meld together just beautifully. I think a lot of it has to do with the wrapper. And if I um, remember, you said the wrapper was Habano Obscuro? Habano Obscuro. Yes. Yes, which a lot of people get confused because Habano is a type of tobacco. A lot of people think Habano Obscuro is a type of tobacco. No. Habano is a type of tobacco. Oscuro is a type of fermentation, a method of fermentation. Now, see, I thought it was a t- type of tobacco, so I'm glad you're educating me on this, Diva. Please continue. Right. That's one of the things I love about cigar life. The more I learn, the more I want to learn, and the more I love what I'm learning. So... Oscuro is a fermentation process that can take several years longer. Mm-hmm. You can use several different types of tobacco with the Oscuro fermentation method. Uh, some of them being my favorites, like Brazilian Matafina, mm-hmm. Connecticut Broadleaf. Believe it or not, you would not... People normally- think Connecticut Broadleaf is a weak you know, it's part of the tobacco. It's not yeah, light, mild. It's, it's sort of been pigeonholed mm-hmm. into that mild category. Not necessarily true, but with Escuro, first of all, with tobacco that's meant to be fermented Escuro style, mm-hmm. if that's even the right way to put it, it's usually with the topmost leaves of the plant, and those are usually the most valuable. So yes. you're talking about media tiempo. In this case, for the Le Bijou, it's Pelo de Oro, or Hair of Gold tobacco. Uh, Brazilian Marafina can be used. A lot of different tobaccos can be used. You know I love Marafina. I love media tiempo. I love Pelo de Oro. I thought those were names of your (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriends. Please continue, Diva. And so with the Le Beijou, they took the Nicaraguan Habano tobacco and made it a scudo. Uh So it's a Habano scudo. And what that does is it, if you taste that really rich, sweet, uh, like there's, it's definitely not infused, obviously. You would never hear that on this podcast, uh-uh. but, and no it's, acceptable. and it's not even a cabeza dulce. It's just a natural sweetness because especially when you're dealing with the, the topmost leaves that get the most sun, you're also going to end up with a higher sugar content and the fermentation process uh-huh. takes that even further. So you have a natural sweetness that just couldn't be more perfect with the cocoa notes, the espresso notes, the dried fruit. I mean, that could be a stone fruit, maybe a dried cherry. You know, it's funny that you say that, Diva, because my first third of the experience was I made the mistake 
of starting like 10 minutes later after you did with the smoking because I there was a scene where Obi-Wan and Vader started to fight. So <laughs> so my inner nerd, which is my outer nerd, came out and I started screaming like, someone going to die, son! Like, you know, but realizing that they won't die until many, many, many years later. But I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't watched it. Neither of them die. But <laughs> but my experience was I, I let the the journey of the burn start with the cigar. I obviously lit my cigar. I let it get like a quarter of the way of the first dirt in before I started to experience the notes of the cigar. Um, from the Leger Blue, I started to taste a little bit of that leather, you know, that, that ass-whooping leather, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I ex- tasted a lot of dark chocolate, like not like a dark chocolate, but like like cocoa, like remember like mocha, like a mocha, yes, like, like a mocha taste. You know, I actually had to look that up once. Mocha is the technical term for the combination of coffee and chocolate. Yes, and that's the funny thing. It was like the mocha taste. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm digging this. You know, it's like when you smoke this. When I smoked a cigar before, which I have many times before, I never really sat and paid attention to my to the notes that I was experiencing. So it was a lot of like mocha. A little bit of like when you smell an espresso being being roasted. Mm-hmm. I did taste the sweetness in the wrapper, but why I loved not the double oak of the bear, of the Woodford, Woodford Reserve, excuse me, but the standard Wood, of Woodford Reserve was because the mint that I tasted mm. complemented. It was like mint and bread, so it was kind of like having a breakfast. Like you have your little mint leaves, like you know, for those to drink mint leaf tea or so forth. You had that minty taste with the Woodford Reserve and a little bit of tasting of like breadcrumbs. Like, you know how when you eat a sandwich and it's just the bread you're tasting more of? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of honey that complemented the wrapper taste that I tasted on my first dirt. And that's what made it even more pleasurable where it was like, hey, I could see myself doing this this combination even more. Now, with the double oak, as I took your recommendation, I tasted similar notes. But it was more harsher to my palate. And it's not saying that, you know, I'm more not as experienced as a diva or others that are listening where they may prefer the double, you know, mm-hmm. the double oak. Mm-hmm. But for my personal taste, it was just a little too bitter at that early of the stage of the cigar. I'm going to defend you and argue with you at the same time. Huh, sounds like marriage. <laughs> God, no. Um so, you do tend to prefer the lighter bourbons. I that's my personal taste. I know other guys have like you know shown me like darker bourbons, stronger mm-hmm. bourbons, mm-hmm. and I'm not against that. It's just if for me personally now, as of the last couple of months, as we're smoking and we're tasting things, I'm looking for more of a healthy combination. Uh, you know, for the people that say, I don't care about pairings and so forth, I want to give you an example. Do you eat a tuna fish sandwich and go straight to a creme brulee that put, you put on top? No. Mm. There's there's certain things you don't combine with food. This is the same thing with pairings. A palate is a palate. Whatever you put on it, it serves the same purpose. Exactly. So what you want to do is you always want to know, whether from experience, whether from others, you know, experimentation. So... Getting back to your question, uh, I am not opposed to any stronger bourbons or lighter bourbons and so forth. It's just 
what I'm smoking, I want to make sure what I'm smoking and what I'm tasting out of the cigar mm-hmm. is going to complement what I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I would try this with the Maker's Mark. I probably will get something similar. I would try this with, oh God, I mean, there's so many different things I could go with. That's one of the beautiful things that I do love about the Le Beju. Le Beju. I'm going to have another sip. Uh, <laughs> that's the last thing you need. I think that's exactly what I need. Uh, you know what? Here, let me. Yeah, take a sip. I'm going to take a sip of the regular Woodford Reserve. She's and there's, there's that mint on the nose, uh-huh. front and center. Yeah. And you know the honey's in there, and I can I can completely understand how the honey pairs with the Le Beijou. Uh huh. It's good. It is. It is good. I have no complaints. It's a great sipper. It's a lighter sipper. Um, hang on, let me take a puff. Even got a little French inhale in there to cover my whole palate with the smoke. Now the double oaked. Mm. Tasting the double oaked right after tasting the regular Woodford Reserve is almost like getting punched in the tongue. Yeah. But, but, I like it. Yeah. So. That sounds kind of kinky. It it is. So, what we're going to do is let's talk about the second third of the cigar and how both the double age and the standard Woodford Reserve complemented. So I'll start on this one. Now, the second third of the cigar, you know, halfway through the episode, you know, three almost towards the end of the episode, I noticed that the, the there's spice and spiciness, not a bitter spice, not a sweet spice, but a general spiciness to the Leger Blue, which was which was a nice spice. It was a very relaxing spice. That started complementing, you know, the espresso and the dark, you know, how you say mocha. And then as that happened, it made drinking another knuckle of, you know, the Woodford Reserve even better. Because like I said, the honey, you know, everything from the honey and everything that was in the, you know, from the Woodford Reserve, it complemented even better. Mm -hmm. It made it to where, okay, hey, how are you to like, hey. I am a, I am now a, not only am I a better cigar, but I'm a better drink with this cigar. Mm, and that's what a pairing is all about. Yes. So that's what made it sweeter because I started even tasting citrus when the spice kicked in with the Leger Blue on the second third of the cigar. Mm-hmm. I started tasting the citrus from the Woodford Reserve. Mm. Again, that was my experience. But when I tried the double oak, it was still that harshness, but I could taste all those things that I described from the Woodford Reserve, but not as much. So I personally, you know, that was my personal experience. Diva, what about yours? 
I surprisingly welcome the spice as you did uh-huh. in in the second third of the Bijou Twenty Two, as I call it. See, that's why I keep stumbling. I always say Bijou Twenty Two. I don't say the proper name. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why she is actually stuttering is because she's an alcoholic. Well, would you stop? I'm going to use my NPR voice to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I would expect some spice. It is in my father. Uh-huh. It would not be in my father if there weren't the introduction of spice some point throughout the cigar. But for me... The Le Bijou 1922 separates itself from the rest of the My Father lines because it is just so damn smooth. It is. Oh my gosh, this this is, as I sometimes say, not very often, this is one of those rare cigars that hugs you back. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it comes back out, you take a draw, and it comes from outside of the cigar and says, you know, I'm going to hug you back because I'm not smooth. That's how smooth it is. So, Diva, would you agree with me on the flavor profiles? Did you taste the same things that I tasted when you smoked the cigar, drank both the double oak and the standard? I mean, what was your experience? You know, as I'm now a few more sips in and the filters loosening up a little bit. Oh boy. I'm going to tell you uh, what I like and don't like. And with the regular Woodford reserve, I think it is a great bourbon. Uh, I remember reading online uh, from one distillery actually referred to it or no, it was uh Something from the Havana room, I believe in the UK, said that it was the whipping child of bourbons that people just like to... They'd love to hate. ...throw shade at it. Yeah. And I think that's the case, because it is a a tremendous bourbon, uh, especially for a daily sipper. Um, I don't think anyone can really complain. There are, I've had so many bourbons where if someone were complaining, I'd say, okay, but put it next to this. And then they would probably say, oh, okay, well, yeah, compared to that, you know, it's phenomenal. So I do think that Woodford Reserve needs to stop being the whipping child of of bourbon ratings. I think the people, and I'm not hating on the people that we speak speak with when it comes to bourbon drinking. Some of them are very knowledgeable. I agree with you, Diva. I believe this is a bourbon that is an everyday bourbon. You know, where every like some several times a week. You know, this is not one of the classy bourbons you bring. You know, you could start off bringing to a bottle share or, you know, to a friend's home or, you know, sharing with loved ones. This is more of an everyday drink. And it's a great everyday drink. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not your, what is that term do you guys use? Uh, bottom well? Oh, uh, from my bartending days. Yes. Uh, the speed rack or a well drink. Yes. This is not one of those things. Mm-hmm. So... Let's go to the final third of the cigar. Well, before, I I do want to finish my point on 
what I like about each and what I don't like. I do like lighter bourbons myself. There are some, this reminds me of sort of the old Forrester debate between 1910 and 1920. Mm -hmm. They're both amazing. Yes. But they're different. The Prohibition 1920 is a lot different in, very, and still the same. Very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. And with the traditional Woodford Reserve, I do like that it's a little bit lighter. For me, it makes it easier as an everyday sipper. The mint, I'm not crazy about. Now, maybe it's just that I'm not crazy about the mint with the Le Bijou. Because for me, between the mocha, the raisin, or maybe it's some other stone fruit, remember tasting I wouldn't even dare to say plum. But that oh, was no, could be. Yeah. Could be. It's very subjective and everyone's palates are different. That's why we do pairings and tastings. Uh-huh. But for me, as much as I like the standard Woodford Reserve as a daily sipper, the double oaked I felt was more appropriate for the Bijou 22 because even though it's much bolder, in my opinion, that extra nine months, the extra toasting, aging, gave it so much more of, like you were saying before, the vanilla and butterscotch. Uh And to me, that just melts in with the mocha, the cocoa, the stone fruit, the espresso, and then even the spice, because when we get further into the cigar and that traditional My Father's Spice comes forward, that vanilla and butterscotch is, again, sort of another little hug. Yes. That says, here, let me smooth out that spice for you. (laughs) It's like a concierge service. So... Yeah, it is. So... You know, as we went through this journey with the cigar and the tasting, the final third of the cigar, uh, for me at least, let me give you my notes that I have written down. I started to taste more of the spice towards the tail end of the third, the last third. Mm-hmm. The espresso, the dark cocoa or mocha, how we, we agreed to call it, and the leather was still present, but the spice, for me at least, took over. And it was not a bad thing. It all complemented each other. Again, I'm sticking with my second third of the opinion of having the Woodford Reserve standard, that the mint, the honey, still complemented the spice, even down to the final burn of the cigar and my last sip of my you know, Woodford Reserve, I was very happy with. Now, here's something where I'll tell you. The final third of the cigar with the double oak, I felt the bitterness of the double oak complemented more of the spicy last third of that cigar Mm. for me at least it didn't feel like i was eating a sweet you know dessert or drinking a sweet drink it felt more like okay i'm now going into more of the earthiness of the cigar that it's supposed there that it wasn't there in the first two thirds but that earthiness kicked in when i drank the double oak but that was my experience diva you what was yours Funny you should ask, 
I often read other reviews to see what I what do I agree with, what do I not agree with. Sometimes I'll read some reviews that I think were written on another planet. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm not going to go there uh-uh. uh, until a <laughs> few more ships. But it was said that there was an oaky taste to the Le Bijou. Yes. I did not get that in the first third. I didn't get much of it halfway through the second third. But you got it on the tail end, didn't you? On the tail end. Is that weird it as that came sounds? Out. Yes. The the earthier flavors, it sort of distanced itself a little bit from the kitchen flavors of the cocoa, coffee, fruit, and went more into the leather, the oak. Uh-huh. And more for, of the earth flavors. Yes. Now the the double oaked Woodford Reserve is definitely bolder. And like I said, if you sip one right after the other, it is like getting punched in the tongue, but with much better flavors. I didn't get a bitterness in in the double oaked. Which is which is interesting because I got that bitterness, but the bitterness was a compliment. Mm. For the final third of the cigar, where okay. it was not a compliment to the first two thirds of the cigar. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you said that. So as we're going to wrap up this podcast very soon, um, let me kind of give you some pros and cons of this pairing. From my personal experience, I feel that if you're someone that is more of a sweet bourbon person or a standard bourbon, the Woodford Reserve is perfect for a pairing with the Leger Blue 22. Mm-hmm. Because of the earthiness, the spice, you know, the mocha, you know, the espresso taste to it. And that leather, that ass whooping leather, it complements well with the standard Woodford Reserve. Mm-hmm. Now, for those, for me, for not, you know, speaking personally, for those that want a stronger, more aged bourbon, I think you're going to get the same experience, but you may enjoy it a little bit more of the bourbon. As the cigar takes a while to transition into those final earthy tones. Eva, your thoughts. Mm. My apologies. I felt it necessary to taste the double oaked again. (laughs) I would agree. Um, I would say that, first of all, one of the things I wanted to say about the Le Bijou 22, one of the things that I love it... Add this to my list of whys. Why do I love this cigar so much? I don't think there's too much with which you couldn't pair it. Agreed. I think you could pair it with just about anything. Uh, I do think that this might be an occasion where if you are a more seasoned cigar smoker, a more seasoned bourbon drinker, you might actually enjoy doing this experiment for yourself. The Le Bijou 22 is a perfect cigar to do it with because it's a versatile cigar. Yes, I totally agree with that. It gives you a really clean foundation to judge for yourself. Is the double oaked better? Is are they both good? Are they both good, but for different occasions, different situations? Uh, as far as the bourbon, I would say read the room. Obviously, if you are 
you know, tis a season, spring and summer, everyone's either graduating, getting married, celebrating an anniversary, something, someone's okay. retiring. Okay, so read the room. If you're in a crowd of more experienced bourbon drinkers, you might go for the double oat because they'll be more accustomed to the bolder bourbons. Yes. For a more casual affair, I would say the lighter bourbon mm-hmm. won't be overpowering to people who aren't accustomed to picking out those flavor notes. Yes. So, you know, I, I totally agree with you, Diva. Who's this for? What occasions and so forth? I will say this. The mint did not overwhelm me. Which is funny because for me, I tasted it more. But, you know, we have two different palates. No, I, I tasted it. I just didn't feel that it merged as well. Yes. So it's the only pet peeve I will say is is the mint it just sort of stood out on its own. But go on. So as far as for those that are the technical aspect of this, this cigar is about a good I would say between forty five minutes to an hour smoke. I would say definitely, you know, two knuckles worth or drams, how you would say diva. I, I would say that's also very subjective. I tend to smoke fast. Yeah, but for average smokers, I mm-hmm. mean, I could see that 45 minutes to an hour. Um, as far as manicuring and touch-ups from the initial burn, from the journey, starting at the journey of the burn, I did not need to touch up the cigar once. And need I remind you, we were watching a television show where we were putting the cigar down for at least more than a minute or so. Mm-hmm. And it had a consistent burn. An even burn. The ash was fine. Perfect it, draw. Perfect draw. Uh, whether you, I mean, we smoked which one? The torpedoes. If I'm, yes. Mm-hmm. And the torpedoes, we used a guillotine cut on there. Perfect draw. Wasn't too tight. Wasn't too loose. It was perfect. Uh, I can't even say any good things about this because I, you know, this is a great smoke. If you could find it or you have it, you know, pairing it with the Woodford Reserve is a way to go with this. And I would. Definitely recommend this, whether you're a novice drinker or even just, you know, an occasional bourbon drinker. This is something you really want to enjoy. So the bottom line is the Le Bejou 1922, which, by the way, means the jewel in French mm-hmm. and was a, a father son tribute, or I should say a son father tribute. Which just adds to the backstory. I think that's beautiful. Uh, it's a in a tremendous cigar. It's a cigar that will pair with so many different bourbons, whiskeys, scotch, whatever your pleasure. I want to hear from you, mm-hmm. not you, but the viewers, the listeners. <laughs> Which do you prefer, or neither at all? But what's your take on this ongoing debate of which is better, Woodford Reserve or the Woodford Reserve Double Oat? Do you feel that that extra nine months of aging really made an overwhelming difference? To me, it did. Mm-hmm. So let's go over some last things, Diva. The mm-hmm. cost of the cigar is... Roughly between eleven to thirteen dollars MSRP. It depends on the Vitola, and also depends on where you're getting it from. Okay, um, 
what would reserve obviously different prices around the country and places that people are listening to the msrp that i've seen con- consistently is around 49.99 but that varies depending on where you're at some people find it cheaper some places may have it more expensive so Keep in ballpark those I you know those numbers when you're looking for this pairing. I'd say there's at least in the Northeast there's about a fifteen dollar window. Yes, um, and a difference. I think the double oaked is a bit more, but I think it was about like ten dollars more. But where we purchased it from, you know, it's fairly inexpensive. But mm-hmm. I have seen fluctuations in prices based on where it's New York, Philadelphia, even D.C., and even in Baltimore. So, guys, ladies. When you're shopping for these things, keep those in mind that it may fluctuate based on what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So, Diva, let's close out this podcast. Again, like the Diva said, we want to hear from you guys. Tell us what you think. Were you a Woodford Reserve person with this cigar? Were you, did you drink it with some Johnny? Did you drink it with some Sprite? Did you drink it just with, some, with a cup of coffee? Let us know your thoughts. You know, hashtag the Cigar Diva. Diva? Definitely, it was said, uh, what was that movie? I think it was the movie Glass when he said, uh, this is not, wait, what's the lingo in, in the graphic novel world? This is a Genesis story, not a, mm-hmm. not an ending. This is an origin story. Right, an origin story. This podcast is an origin story. This is not to just give you a pairing. This is to spark some thought. Hopefully you'll jump in and do the experiment for yourself because it's been going on for a long time now. Yes. So let us know which do you prefer? What do you think about the bourbon? What do you think about the Bijou 22? And jump in there. What else would you have paired it with? What do you think would have been better? Exactly. Use the hashtag the Cigar Diva. And again, you can always find a diva everywhere on social media because she's everywhere from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada. and yada, yada, yada. But Facebook and Instagram is where you're mostly at, right? Pretty. I, I don't tick or talk all that much, but every once in a while, I'll drop a little something on there. Mm-hmm. Again, any questions, any comments, guys, hit us up. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you guys and girls, you know, brothers and sisters of the elite. Let's stick together. And definitely try this pairing out. Uh, even for myself, as not a heavy, you know, drinker, I actually enjoyed this pairing, and I will go back to it. You know, so Diva, definitely, I I stand behind the the double oaked, but I want to hear what else would you pair the twenty two with, and and that's of course if you agree that the Le Bijou is as good of a cigar as we feel it is exactly so with that guys thank you so much for listening with us this is coconut stick man and i am with always the cigar diva you guys take care keep it toasty